one or two hours of reflection can save you weeks or months or years down the line. That clip is from my interview with Anna Cholak-Fushtin, who is a former recruiter for global 500 companies and startups. Her company by recruiters helps corporate professionals navigate their job search and advance their careers. In this episode, Anna really spills the behind the scenes tea on some key considerations for anybody who is wanting to make a job or a career change. And she shares it from a recruiter's perspective, which is super helpful. I love her tips for how to make a job change internally as well. I think they're so unique and it's something that a lot of people just don't consider. She also shares about her personal experience with living and working in three different European countries and how her and her husband have continued to advance their careers each time that they've moved. It's super inspiring. And even if you're not in the job market, looking for a new job or wanting to make a career change, I highly recommend that you still listen because everybody should have an updated resume. Be sure to check out Anna's gorgeous Etsy shop where she sells recruiter-created and approved resume templates that are both aesthetically pleasing and will help you land interviews. And she's kindly giving this community 20% off with the promo code All Figured Out. Be prepared to listen to this episode a few times and I hope you enjoy. You're listening to the All Figured Out Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Barr. As a career coach for parents, a mom, an entrepreneur, and someone who spent 10 plus years in the corporate world, I still don't have it all figured out. And maybe you don't either. In this podcast, I'll share tools and strategies that I use with my clients. And in the many areas where I don't have things figured out, I'll be bringing you some amazing guest experts to help us fill in the gaps. So tune in each week as we explore how to make career and life decisions that truly work for you, your family, and your big goals. Let's make moves. Anna Cholak-Fustin. Thank you for joining me on the (laughs) All Figured Out podcast. I'm so appreciative that you are joining me today. Thank you so much for having me, Andrea. And I'm sorry if I butchered your name. We practiced. No. <laughs> no worries. It's uh, it's mouthful and I appreciate it. You did a great job. <laughs> um, so I want to first start off by giving some appreciation for the internet. I think we met originally a year ago or so on Instagram of all places. I live on the West Coast of Canada. You have lived all over Europe, currently in Sweden. And we have just have so many shared values and we've gotten to collaborate over the last year and you've been such a support to me and my business. And so thank you, internet. And also thank you, Anna, for just being the kind, lovely human that you are. It's been so fun (laughs) to get to know you. Thank you. Likewise, I still remember the post uh, that you wrote about a decision you made when you were deciding whether to take a job again or continue this entrepreneurial path. And it was something that I was also going through at that time. And I knew that it was a sign for us to connect. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Okay, so that's the perfect segue into I'm so excited for people to hear a bit about your story and the different countries that you've lived in and where you're from originally, where you are now, and how you have landed, uh, you know, you've worked in a massive, massive company. Um, and I don't want to give too much away, but uh, how you have turned into a career coach. So what is your career story? Share it with the world. 
Yeah, of course, I'm happy to share. Um, so I've started my career in Croatia, which is my home country, uh, now nine years ago. So I studied psychology. At one point, I thought that I will be a clinical psychologist. Then we had first classes in clinical psychology and I realized, okay, this is definitely not a job I want to do for the rest of my life. And luckily I discovered HR and I fell in love in human resources and what they do. And it, for me, it really was, an opportunity to kind of combine like this corporate environment that I was attracted to with the opportunity to help people, which like helping them land jobs and guide them through the recruitment process for me, it seemed uh, like a perfect uh, combination. So I started my uh, career in HR in um, one uh, retail company, it's actually a big European retail company. And after that, um, due to personal reasons, because my husband was living in Poland at that time, I decided to move to Poland. But I knew that basically I didn't want to take a step back because I have already gained lots of, lots of experience in recruitment. I knew that that experience was quite valuable because I was part of a small team, but we did so many things. So there was recruitment, project management, um, systematization of the whole organization and so on. So there were so many projects that I've done that I didn't want to like take a step back. But I also knew that I don't want to stay in recruitment because I was there for three years already. So it was time for a change. So I used that move as an opportunity to make a transition and I uh, transitioned to career coaching, which is something quite unique because I was a career, an internal career coach. Not many companies have that, but the company that I was outsourced to was a huge British bank and they had internal mobility team and they were offering career coaching to their employees. I was one of the first people in that uh, team. And basically, I was one of uh, one of those coaches that they had that also helped them scale the service globally, not only focusing on UK. And that transition and that move also prompted me to think if this is something I can offer outside of like nine to five job. And this is kind of um, the story of what led me to where I am today. So today I'm a career coach, helping people navigate their careers, helping them navigate job search as well, and just helping them um, get a step closer to really those like fulfilling careers that align with their values and their goals. Oh my goodness. That's such a cool story. And how did you make that transition? What was that conversation like? Was it something that you instigated to become the internal career coach or did people see oh, you would be really good at this. Like, how did that work? So I think the first step for me was the reflection I had before even like applying for jobs that were outside of recruitment. I think that this is a frequently overlooked step in job search because many people who are looking for jobs just, you know, go and update their CVs and start applying. What I did, even though I wanted to move to another country to be with my husband, because we were already married for six months and living in different countries, oh, no. uh, <laughs> I still didn't want to rush into anything in terms of my career. So I reflected on where I am, what kind of experience I got, and I knew that I want to use recruitment experience I have and the insights I gained in a different setting. And... I was exploring some opportunities that were available. I, I checked um, 
there were like lots of opportunities in Poland for people who speak only English, who don't speak Polish, luckily, because they uh, do have lots of um, shared service centers for global companies. And there were many like advisory HR roles. And then when I did the search, knowing what I knew about like my goals and the path that I would like to take, I discovered this role, um, like internal mobility recruitment coach role. And it was a perfect fit that really matched the experience I had, the goals I had with what they were looking for. So you're moving from Croatia to Poland. I imagine there are some cultural differences and you're trying to find a job in a new country. How did that experience go? Well, that was quite interesting, especially because I didn't know the language of the country that I'm, uh, I was moving to. So it was a challenge to find something that would still be like a next step or a step forward in my career. Um, for me, it took me a while also to understand the market. And I, for example, the difference was that in Croatia, I already had network in HR. And for me, if I wanted to change uh, a company there, it would be much easier. And I think it wouldn't like take so, it wouldn't take so much time because through the connections, I would probably learn about different opportunities. People already know me, uh, knew me, and it would be easier to land a job. In Poland, I was starting from scratch, but I didn't want to, again, go a step back or start from an entry-level role. So I needed to be creative, and I do need to thank, um, thank my husband for his connections as well, because whenever he spoke with someone in who worked in HR in different companies across Poland, he was he would always mention like, my, my wife is looking for something. And there were lots of people who actually reached out to me based on the introduction he made. So I think this is quite important to understand that wherever you are, especially if you're making such a big change, moving countries or even moving cities, do let people know that you're looking for something, even if you're just going to talk about what you're what you're going to what you're looking for not necessarily about an op open opportunity because it does make difference um so for example uh i know that through the word of mouth one of the recruiters heard about me and my experience in poland and he reached out to me directly so the position i got in the end was basically the position I was approached for. Of course, I needed to have my LinkedIn ready, my CV ready, everything else, all those like personal branding materials. But um, just applying for random roles wouldn't make a difference as much as like the word of mouth did. Yes. And where, did you start doing that before you even moved to Poland? Like, did you start putting those feelers out? Yes. So I landed a job in Poland while I was still in Croatia and I didn't resign until I had a job. So I wanted to like be sure that when I move there that I will also have a job because, yeah, it was it was important for me and it still is. Good for you. That's huge. That's oh, my gosh. So not only did you switch countries, you switched com companies and effectively changed roles, like moving from recruitment to career coach. Like that's quite a big jump. Yes, it was. So to be specific, I moved to Poland on 26th of December 2017, and I started <laughs> working on 2nd of January 2018. So I was there for like five days and started working there. But I was like, again, I was quite clear that I wanted to do it that way. I didn't just want to move, not know what to expect, and then start after I have already moved. So I wanted to have 
it sorted out before I got there. In your experience, would you say that that's a pretty personal decision? Like there are some people who can tolerate that level of risk of just quitting and moving and figuring it out versus for you, it felt more comfortable to have a job lined up and that sort of thing? That's definitely a personal decision. For me, it made sense because I really liked the job that I had before in Croatia. I really liked the environment. I liked the people that I worked with and I wasn't like running away from anything. So I was really um, motivated to be with my husband and still progress my career, but I wasn't in rush. So for me, it was more about finding the right opportunity rather than making the move, the move as soon as possible. So I took, again, I took many things into consideration. That was also uh, one of them. And for me, it made sense to do it that way. But of course, if the circumstances were different, I would probably move earlier if I needed to and then looked for a job from there. And in that case, I think networking would be even easier because basically I would be there. I could probably attend job fairs and things like that and meet people uh, personally rather than doing it online. But yeah, it all depends on someone's personal decision and circumstances in life. That's a really good point. Circumstances, like if you were miserable, absolutely miserable or in a toxic work environment, mm -hmm. yeah, maybe you would have been motivated to just quit and move yeah. on. It, yeah, that's a good point. But you liked the people you worked with and you liked, you had a great job. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's yeah. fascinating. That's okay. So when you're talking about, I'm so curious about just the time of life that you and your husband were in, you were six months married and you moved to be with him in Poland. What were the conversations like for you two about your dreams and aspirations for the future in you know, the next year, the next five years, 10 years, like how are you personally planning out your goals in your next couple of years? And then how are you then starting to do that together? To share a few personal things. We have been in a long distance relationship for a year and a half, and I was still living in Croatia. He was living in Poland. And we were, weren't actually, we were engaged, but we actually weren't planning uh, our wedding because we had no idea where we are going to live, who is going to get a job, where and so on. So we kept it quite flexible. Then there was an um, unexpected trip where we got married. <laughs> and then suddenly we were in a long distance uh, marriage. And I oh knew that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, life happens. Uh, cool. Of course, I always thought that I will first live with someone before I get married. No, <laughs> life had um, different plans for me. Uh, but the, the thing is that um, since we got together, I knew that one of us will need to move for us to be together, basically. And it made more sense for me due to the job market and the opportunities available and the size of the market. It made more sense for me to move to Poland than for him to return to Croatia. Um, so this was always kind of in the back of my mind that, okay, at one point, no matter how happy I am with my job, how long I see myself there, I will still need to move. And I'm, I was perfectly fine with that. And I was happy to do that because one of my, like, Life goals was always to move abroad. I was always attracted to that and to living abroad even before I got together um, together with him. So again, taking all of that into consideration, it simply made sense for me to make that move. Career has always been important for me as it is for him. And again, I knew that probably none of us wanted the other side to kind of sacrifice their career goals and their ambitions and their aspirations. And 
we were frequently talking about it and this was one of the reasons why we ended up being in a long distance uh, marriage is because we didn't want to rush anything until it felt right. And then with this move and with this opportunity to be like an internal career coach, for me, it clicked and it made sense to make that move. But again, what I have already mentioned a few times, I was taking lots of things into consideration, including my like personal goals, my personal aspirations, aspirations of two of us as a couple, because we like to travel, we like to see what's out there. So again, living abroad made lots of sense for us. And this kind of, we always knew that we also want to live in a few different countries and that we also want to continue building our careers, which led us to what you mentioned at the, at the beginning that I'm currently in Sweden. So <laughs> we made this transition again. So um, at the end of last year, so now uh, 2022, basically we, we did the same transition. He got a great opportunity uh, to progress his career further. And with my uh, entrepreneurial path, I was able to move um, my, so to say, job to another country and to move it to a country that was appealing to me and that also brought new opportunities for me. So we are kind of, this is a long answer to your question, but we are kind of I would say constantly reflecting on where we are, where we are headed, how does it align with what we both want and what we want as individuals. And I think this is quite important when we are, when anyone is making like any big life or career decisions. I hear so much of what I kind of hear in that is flexibility. So yes. having aspirations and having goals, but also being so clear on what your values are, like your personal values. It sounds like you guys have um, really clear values as a couple of wanting to travel and live abroad and wanting to continue to progress your careers and not having one person sac you know quote unquote sacrifice and that sort of thing. So that's such great advice to just continue to reevaluate that in your in your career is you can have have your values and be really firm and understand what those are, have goals, but then be flexible within those goals. Yes. and and look at the amazing opportunities that have come your way. I know that you're uh, your husband has a great opportunity, like you just said, and you are on your entrepreneurial path. I want to talk about that. How did you make that jump from being in an incredible job, like a dream? I mean, a dream job, really. For anybody who is in the HR space or is interested in coaching, getting that job at a huge British bank, unbelievable. How did you make that jump to deciding that you wanted to go out on your own? Huh, that's uh, an interesting and long story, <laughs> but let me, yeah, <laughs> let me try <laughs> to make it short. Um, so initially, what was a surprising thing for me when I started working uh, as an internal corporate career coach was the fact that there were so many people who had 10, 15, or 20 years of their experience who were amazing at what they do, who were like really, I would say authority in their field, but who still needed help with writing their resume, preparation for interviews or how to present themselves in interviews, how to even look for a next role, even if it's internal within the company. And I realized that no matter how well you do your job, no matter how much of experience you have, no one actually teaches you how to navigate your job search and how to manage and build your career. And based on my experience in recruitment, based on my like 
this role in internal career coaching, based on my psychology, uh, psychological background, those things felt like a second nature to me. So talking about resumes, interviews, uh, careers, goals, and so on, felt like something that came so naturally to me. And I started thinking if this is something that I can do on my own. Um, it was, I was like six months in the role when I discovered Etsy, like e-commerce uh, platform. And when I discovered something called digital products, and I realized that I don't necessarily need to share my knowledge um, in a form of like one-on-one -on -one coaching or consulting and so on, that I can actually put all my thoughts in a, on, on a paper, in a workbook, in something that is practical, tangible, and help people navigate all of that on their own. So with that in mind, I opened my Etsy shop, started selling resume templates that were really functional because at that time I saw that many of them that were being sold were created by graphic designers and they were pretty, but many of them looked like the invites <laughs> so i knew that okay <laughs> i knew that that in a way okay depending on the field you use them for they could work but for corporate for example for jobs in banking finance and so on not so much so i focused on creating something that was like really functional but still neat and professional and so on that corporate professionals can use and i worked on that uh after my nine to five job and it kicked off at one point and then I realized that okay maybe I can focus only on that I don't have to uh, necessarily manage both because at one point it became like unmanageable to, to handle both um, again even with that transition I didn't jump into it I took first like six months sabbatical, which gave me like six months to experiment, see if I can sustain myself only by uh, having those digital product products, having my shop and so on. Then extended it for six months to give myself more time to actually prove that it works. And um, in, when was it? March, 2022, I officially resigned and I'm focused only on like supporting job seekers through digital products. Wow. Congratulations. And I forgot that we, I think we had both resigned from our corporate jobs within, it sounds like weeks of each other, which is such yes. a funny coincidence. Yes, yes, yes. That's why I mentioned that I still remember yeah. the post you wrote because it was like, it. you wrote exactly what was on my mind at that time because I was going through the exact same thing on the other side of the world. <laughs> oh my gosh. Unbelievable. That is so, so cool. I love that. I think that's so applicable for so many people who could be listening, who are experts in their, in their own field, in their own right. And how many opportunities are out there that you wouldn't even know about like an Etsy shop for resume templates. I think a lot of people wouldn't even know that that exists, but there's a huge market for it. And you've obviously proven that. And how cool that you were able to kind of do it, first of all, a test while you were still working there, then a test via a sabbatical, and then you proved that concept for yourself and said, okay, now I can actually make this work. That's so, so interesting. So cool. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so happy with how it's turned out. I now have like so many different ideas on not only focusing, let's say, on resumes, but also on career clarity, which I know that is the topic that you also cover. Um, there are like so many different things connected with career that can be covered through 
those like digital products in a way that can people really use to manage their careers on a day-to-day -day basis. So yeah, I'm buzzing with ideas, but uh, as soon as I have all of them like sorted out, created, I'll share them with you and your audience. <laughs> yes, would love that. Well, I know we've been talking about, we're going to need a part two because I also want to cover, spoiler alert, we want to talk about the expat experience and living in so many different countries and that sort of thing. So stay tuned for part two with Anna. <laughs> um, I want to switch gears a bit and go back to your experience in internal in, in supporting people in internal career shifts. I think that's so interesting. I talk a lot about the big career shifts, the, mm -hmm. you know, I had a client who was a police officer and is now a teacher. Like those are huge, huge, huge shifts. But what about the person who like, you know, kind of like your former company in Croatia, you really enjoyed it. You loved it. Imagine you wanted to stay there, but you wanted to change jobs. What advice do you have for people who want to even just start exploring what other internal opportunities are available to them? I think that um, the, like many techniques or steps you would take are quite similar to any job search. So whatever kind of move you are trying to make, you would still need to apply, interview and so on. Good thing is when you are making an internal career move is that people who are hiring are your colleagues and the role you want to apply for maybe already exists and you can talk with someone who is already doing it to really find out if this opportunity and if this role is the right fit for you. So whoever is thinking about a similar move, I would always advise them to go to the department they are considering or to different departments that maybe they didn't have a chance to explore before and really talk with people. Try to do, if you can, some shadowing or just a coffee chat to speak with people about what they do, what they like, what you can expect if you join. Because I think it's a great way to kind of explore opportunities that you otherwise wouldn't and to make moves that you wouldn't otherwise have a chance to make. So I think that talking to people basically and networking is a critical thing there. And it makes it easier considering that, okay, those people are your colleagues. And even if you didn't have a chance to work with them directly before, simply by emailing them, you know, finding them on like intranet or whatever is available, you can still get their names and you won't be an outsider or a stranger reaching out to them. It's a pretty warm lead. Yes. Yes. Hot you have me. something big in common. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's probably the biggest thing in common. Yes. <laughs> I'm trying to thinking about, um, you know, people I've worked with in the past, or I would kind of do the, the under the table career coaching and former jobs, even when I wasn't in the people development space. <laughs> And I think that something that I've, I noticed so much about, and I'm not an expert in, would be the, the person who is like, but if, you know, their hesitation would be the fact that they have positioned themselves so well as that particular expert, they are the go-to person for, you know, say project management or the go-to person as a graphic designer. And so that's what they're known for in everybody's mind internally. Like, how does one help, you know, how does one shift that perspective in other people's minds to say, I, I could be something else. I, I'm a graphic designer, but I want to learn about HR. How do you do that? It's, it's, I imagine it's arguably even harder internally because people know you for the amazing skills that you have or the expertise that you have. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, some people may feel trapped in a way in the role that they have just because, yeah, there is, this thing like personal branding. And even if you haven't worked with people uh, directly, people know you for something or they recognize you as a person to go to for 
I don't know, specific advice for specific topics and so on. I think in this case, the key is to focus on transferable skills. In general, like the candidate first, whoever is considering making this kind of change should list everything they have done and see what kind of skills are underlining those things that they have done and not necessarily you use the example of a let's say graphic designer okay besides graphic design what else did you do did you manage some projects project management is applicable to so many different fields and it's a skill that you can use in hr in marketing probably in finance as well and so on so many like different areas across the company so try to see how you can promote that to the person that is hiring in another team or how you can simply mention that when you are introducing yourself, not to position yourself simply as a graphic designer, because yeah, the chances are that people are then going to put you in a box as a graphic designer and it will be hard to get out of that box. So I think that again, reflecting, being clear on everything you have done and the underlying skills that you are bringing to the table and then seeing how you can use those skills in a different field is one of the most important things that someone who wants to make a move can do. Mm, definitely requires some just, you have to sit and get a bit quiet with yourself and really reflect, think out, think you talked about the box, like think outside the box, like what exactly, yeah, what are you, um, what else, what else do you do in your job? What are the, apart from actually being in Photoshop, what else do you do? What you mentioned, I think this is a key thing here. It's not so much about the hard skills, especially if you're making like a significant change. It's more about soft skills. So let's say communication, project management, leadership. We use those skills in any role and we can transfer those skills to any role. Photoshop, okay, maybe not so much. It doesn't mean it's not useful, but still it depends what you want to put forward. So I think that the key in terms of like determining um, transferable skills is focusing on soft skills. Okay, here's a situation I want to pick your brain about because I always found this to also be interesting when I'm working with clients. Sometimes I actually don't have advice and, and it's more just a coaching conversation because I don't know how to navigate this personally. What about the person who wants to seek other opportunities internally, but they're nervous about making that known to their current manager by saying anything like I'm not fulfilled in my current job. Like that could be kind of scary. How does a person maybe navigate some of the internal politics around that? What I would, yeah, that's a slippery slope. <laughs> what, um, what I was always advocating was seeing how you can adjust your current role to your aspirations and to your goals. So instead of jumping into a conclusion that you do need to change a job and a department to make some kind of move, see if there is first opportunity for you to tailor your role to yourself. Um, I think that many people overlook that even as an option. And in some cases, it's possible. So um, you know that story, but let me share it here. So at one point, um, I did the same thing. So I was a career coach. I enjoyed it. But after two years, I felt that some conversations I had were kind of repetitive and I wanted to do something uh, new. And right at that time, we knew that our team will grow from a team of three to a team of 15. And... I saw that as an opportunity to like 
raise a hand and tell uh, to my manager, you know what, we will need someone who will coordinate all of it, who, that, who will onboard new people, who will manage all the projects who, or, or all coaching activities we had because we did a lot of like internal promotion. And I said, I can be that person. So I kind of used the opportunity or the circumstances to see how they, how I can basically uh, align the role to what I'm trying to do and what I enjoy the most. So basically I created a role for myself. And again, it's, I never heard honestly anyone else doing it. And I think that it can frequently happen, but people are sometimes either don't think that this is an option, they don't dare to do it. Of course, it depends on your relationship with your manager, but try to see if, you can have a conversation with your manager where at least you're saying, I'm thinking about doing something new. Can I do it with this within our department or within my current role? For example, again, I want to pick up more projects that are focused on a certain topic. Many managers, most of them will be super happy if you show like interest and say, I want to do something else or I want to do more. Of course, they will say yes. So see if you can do that. And then if you cannot like expand your role as much as you would like, then try to see if you can have this conversation like, okay, this is what I really enjoy doing, but I don't see myself doing it within then that role. I think that's open communication and simply saying, okay, I am interested in exploring another department. I think that like good managers should support that. It's tricky, not always the case. I completely understand that and appreciate that fact, but I would always like suggest transparency and an, and an honest conversation if possible. Well, in that scenario that you just gave, you're not blindsiding your manager then. So you're not saying I'm, it's like, you know, nobody likes an ultimatum. Like I'm leaving the company or I'm leaving yeah. this department. You're saying, Hey, how can we make this work in my current job where I can yes. continue to support you be on this team? Is that possible? So you've kind of, you've like, you've planted the seed a little bit and yes. you've showed that you're willing to, to try things out. And yes. And you're right. If it's a good manager, like if it's, if it's coming from a place of growth and your own personal development, how can a person be mad about that? Yes, absolutely. And it's not a, a surprise for them, especially if you already share right, your aspirations that you want to do something new, something a bit different, pick up new um, tasks. I think that you're, you're kind of preparing them for, for that kind of move. So it makes sense, again, not to immediately jump into conversation like, I want to change job and I want to go to another department tomorrow. Instead, you're like giving them some time, giving yourself an opportunity as well to pick up new skills that you can then bring to the table to, to another role. So wise. Oh my goodness. I just see all the aspects of your expertise come out in this, your recruitment expertise, psychology, just your lovely human beingness. So good. You're <laughs> Thank so you. good at what you do. <laughs> Um, before we wrap up, I want to, I want to just ask, you know, what advice would you give someone who knows that they want to make it just a career move in general, whether it's internal or external, and they're just trying to figure out their next step, what would be, what would be the first step that you would say and give advice to somebody on? Don't jump into applying for jobs immediately. So <laughs> I know that it's like the most common first step many people do when they are thinking about uh, a career change. I think that one or two hours of reflection can save you weeks or months or years down the line. And I think it's so important to 
take that time to first list down all the experiences you have, all the achievements you have, and then depending on how you would like to do it, try to, you can like circle them, highlight them, whatever you want to do, try to think about the ones that you enjoy the most. And then when you, in terms of activities, and then when you are clear on those activities, try to see where you can do something similar to that. So really think about, think about it in a sense that you are creating your ideal role. It doesn't have to exist yet. Maybe it doesn't, but it's for you to get that clarity because then when you start applying for jobs and when you start actively looking for like new opportunities, it will be so much easier to recognize the ones that are a good fit for you. And I think this is the key of building a fulfilling career and an intentional one in long term rather than just landing a job, any job, and just hopping from one opportunity to another. Wow, such sage advice. And you've touched on a few things that I will I will plug a previous episode at the beginning of the year. Earlier in January, I had an episode on intentions and setting your intentions for the year. And I actually included a seven-minute meditation there. So that could also be a good place to start is creating your te- intentions for the year and what makes an incredible year and an incredible life, maybe starting with a reflection there. I have a workbook download that I'll include in the show notes. And then once you do that, then you go to Anna's shop and you check out her Etsy, gorgeous, gorgeous Etsy templates and see some of the resume templates. Only once you have reflected Anna's order. Absolutely. Yes. Reflect Absolutely. first, save yourself <laughs> the headache. Do not do that thing. I'm. Have you heard this before? I have a lot of clients who I absolutely love and I totally get it who have said, okay, my goal is to apply for 10 jobs a week for the next four weeks. And I'm always just like, stop. No, that is yeah. not the approach we want to take at this point. We want to yeah. get quiet. We want to pause. Okay. And I asked this to everybody. I want to know again, like most of my guests, you're somebody who just seems like they have it all figured out in their career. What is something that you are still trying to figure out? I love this question. <laughs> Such a great question. Um, well, for starters, I still don't know where I want to spend the rest of my life in terms of like country, which is something that most people have figured out. Um, I mentioned that my husband and I would love to live in a few countries. For now, we've lived in three, Croatia, Poland, Sweden. We don't know what's next. And I think that this is something that will still take a while for us to figure out. And I'm not sure if I will ever find the like a country or a city where I will say, yes, this is where I want to spend like the next, I don't know, 40 or 50 uh, years. That's one thing. The other thing is like in terms of entrepreneurial path, I think that what I did in my career, like constantly reflecting on where I am, where I want to go next, I'm doing that as an entrepreneur as well. Um, So I'm still trying to figure out what is the best way to share the insight and information I have to serve more people. At this point, I'm still like focused on digital products, but I'm trying to figure out and answer to myself if that's the best way to do it, if there are other ways that can be as useful or even more practical. So plenty of things (laughs) going on here and plenty of things that I'm still trying to figure out, but those are, I would say, two biggest ones. Well, I can help you out with the first one. I've heard Canada is a great place to live. (laughs) And equally as warm as Sweden. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I can't help you there. I can't help you there. (laughs) We recently had a 
apocalyptic snow covering of our entire country. So, <laughs> I mean, there's that. I think that uh, maybe the next country, because Poland is uh, cold as well, so I think yes. the next country could be something warmer. But yeah, I will consider Canada as well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Uh, Anna, thank you so much for joining today. You're you're so wise, you're so lovely, and it's just been such a pleasure. So thank you again for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. This was such a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening. You can access all resources mentioned in this episode via my website, andreabar.com slash podcast. And let's chat on Instagram. I'm at andreabarcoaching and I reply to every DM I get. If you loved this episode, don't forget to quickly hit that button on your podcast app to give me a five-star rating and drop in a review. It would truly mean the world. And if you're like me and love to share things that you love, send this episode to a friend who you think would appreciate this topic. Thanks again for listening and I'll chat with you next week.